And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. All right, hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. JT coming off the John Gruden press conference which was very interesting as he did a lot of X's and O's. And when we talk X's and O's, it's brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Always raise your cocktail game with the new sidecar. One of the premium ingredients in a cocktail that I love that's been around since 1922. Brought to you by Remy Martin and the great sidecar. So that Gruden Gruden press conference had a lot going on. Uh, The chippiness and talking about some of the issues – you know, pro football focus. I love when he cracks pro football focus. I, I love what he said about Cliff Branch. How could you not? And then he talked about the lack of depth at the linebacker position. So that's the big part of the rest of the show of how you're reacting to that. When he said that Nate Hobbs is going to be out longer than Javin White. And that is a really big concern. What a shame. Absolute shame for Nicholas Morrow who did everything right in the entire offseason and OTAs to potentially be a defensive captain for the first game of the year and really be a better playmaker than he was last year. You want to talk about bad luck, this kid, what a shame. Because he was penciled in as a starter who wasn't coming off the field and the Raiders were really optimistic about his future. I'm sure they are still. Gruden's not telling us when he's coming back. So we don't know if he'll be ready for the home opener. You know, there's a lot of downtime between Labor Day and the opening game, September 12th, or, or that date, when you take a look at what's coming up here for the Raiders. I mean, there is a lot of time before the Raiders have to play, excuse me, September 13th, Monday night football. We're at August 25th. If it isn't a season-ending injury, you got well over two weeks to get these guys ready. They don't need to see the playbook. They're ready to go. The question is, will they be ready to play because the injury is severe or not? That's a big blow here. Everybody who's asking me about K.J. Wright, do it. Do the deal. If K.J. Wright is holding out for money, find a way to get him the money. But, yeah, I I, I don't handle the money around here. I'm not in charge of how they massage the cap or where that money's going to come from. I would think that Gus Bradley is being called on to get in front of K.J. Wright and say, look, We don't have what you want. Most teams don't have what he wants. But we have a need for you to come in and and lead at the linebacker position the way you did in Seattle. And he was one of the best players the last 10 years in the league, period. Bobby Wagner a little bit better, and Bobby Wagner is building a Hall of Fame Fame legacy in Seattle. Richard Sherman, same thing. What they had up there with Earl Thomas. If you can get K.J. Wright, part of that crew, to come in here and stabilize the linebacker room, and then it's what you think of Divine Diablo, Tanner Muse, Nick Witkowski. The frustration for John Gruden on the players that are unavailable is here again. Here we go. The frustration level for John Gruden, and he feels for these guys. He's sympathetic with them. He loves the team. But you can hear the frustration level for the players once again. All Gruden does is coach football. And be with his family. And now we're sitting here going, okay, what's going to happen now? He doesn't have players because they're not available. They're in the training room. Isn't this what we did last year? 
Isn't this exactly what we did last year? Wondering who was available, COVID-19 protocol, who was unavailable due to injuries. Here we are again. Now, fortunately, I think Mike Mayock and John did a good job building depth. And John said, if you picked it up, I think you picked it up in the press conference, developing our second-year class. This second-year class has got to step up. And John said, like Raiders before, you know, one of the things about the Raider organization, and a lot of it's built in the past with their success, we get that, some of the greatest players to ever play the game in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They don't have to apologize for that. But what I sense Gruden was saying was, hey, man, there were guys who were brought in here that weren't drafted to be superstars and they became superstars. How about some of you guys do that? These guys are getting paid a ton of money to live up and play beyond their ability. Do you agree with me on that? They were drafted. And look, Nate Hobbs, who's going to talk to us here in a little bit. Nate Hobbs, it's a preseason. I can't go crazy. But I can congratulate this guy for stepping up and playing really well. But can we get one or two of these players to pop? It hasn't happened with Arnett. Gruden, again, mentioning in a press conference, he'd like to see Arnett out there. What the hell's going on with Arnett? I mean, Arnett is never available. He's got to be available. He's a bleeping first-round pick. And then you move on to Clee Farrell. What's Clee going to do now? Okay, you don't have to play at the level of Nick Bosa, who was taken before you, and, and you're taken at number four, but you got to play at a higher level. And Nicholas Morrow was one of those guys that we've been waiting to talk about. Here's John Gruden as he opened up the press conference talking about the linebackers. Looks like Morrow will be out a little bit longer than White. So uh, that's unfortunate, but uh, we'll have to continue to develop our young linebackers and perhaps find another. Develop our young linebackers, no veterans, and possibly find another. Wow. Okay. That's where we're at. Raider Nation, unite. What do you think of that? What did you sense of the tone of John Gruden when it comes to the injuries to the linebackers? That's an NFL flagship topic. If I threw this out in New York, Green Bay, Philadelphia, Seattle, every phone line would be full. We're trying to get this flagship property up to the level where Raider fans globally are reacting because there's no Raider radio station other than this one. So spread the word. We're open for business. We want your opinions on this. I gave you mine. Go out and get K.J. right. Figure it out. There are people that are paid to figure this out. Go out and get them. 702-365-9200. Justin in Vegas, you're up next. Thanks for waiting, Justin. Hey, no problem. How's it going, JT? Doing well, thank you. Right on. I uh, I started when uh, I, I mean I love your show. I, I listen to you every day. I, I drive for Amazon. I, I look forward, you know, from twelve to six. You know, basically Excellent. Monday to Friday. Uh, no, and I started uh, when I heard you say, you know, you uh, your opinion was Forty ers have a better team, like they're a better roster. You know, I, I guess that's right on paper, but I really feel comfortable with the Raiders right now. I, I like where their roster is. Uh, I'll take Carr over any quarterback they have you know what i mean and uh no i love that and uh just that's my opinion and what you were saying about you know we just listened to the gruden uh interview and yeah about the yeah the linebackers moral and how Morrow's going to be out longer than white like his, his injury did not look good so when you said your jaw dropped like i i feel you that that sucks and you know i really like the, the team though like you know, Marcel Aitman scored the touchdown on the Rams, like how everybody in Carl was the first one there 
to celebrate right. with the, uh, the, the team. And, and when Jaden White, uh, White got hurt, you know, Carr was right there on the sideline with him, you know, talking to him because, you know, Carr had that similar kind of injury, you know, and you just like to see that, like, you know, hey, like, dude, I'm here for you. Like, I know how it is. I could help you, you know, anything you need. You know, I just like seeing that team. You don't see, you know, players do that on every team every day. And, you know, seeing stuff like that is awesome. It's encouraging. You know, and the injuries, of course, suck. But, you know, just it is what it is. I think the Raiders really do have a good team. Uh, mm-hmm. And then your last question when uh, Gruden was talking about, you know, what do we think? Like, does it sound frustrating? You know, like, yeah, players are unavailable. You know, we got safeties turned linebackers, you know, and then our linebackers are still getting hurt. So, you know, this is a fan and as a team, like, it's got to be frustrating. But, you know, I think they'll get through it. They got, they got the players. They got the means. You know, hopefully they get KJ right, but, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, thank you. That's what we're wondering about. We're just a talk show. We don't know what they're going to do. We don't know what they're going to do. But we'll see what happens because I'm hosting a big event with John Gruden August 30th for season ticket holders. If you got that link, uh, you know, and you'll be there for it. And there's going to be some questions about this roster. I, I feel for John Gruden, but I understand he gets paid a lot of money. And this is a big boy sport, and he can handle it. John Gruden gives you so much at a press conference. Did you hear John Gruden for 15 minutes compared to Bill Belichick? I mean, Bel- Belichick's more successful with all the Super Bowls, but they're high-level coaches, and John Gruden gives you emotion. You can see in his face, if you were watching it, I was watching it on the YouTube feed, that you know he's, he's worked up. John Gruden wants to have a chance to win with the best roster he has, and he hasn't had that ability. For the critics who are out there, and again, all coaches have to deal with injuries and organizations. But do you really think that you, when people say Derek Carr needs a better defense, I agree. You know, if you look and you want to criticize Carr, criticize him for what he's done. As a player, statistically, it's pretty good. But Derek plays on a team most of the time here that hasn't had a really good defense. So that's part of the conversation. And that's one of the ways I defend John Gruden. I mean, John Gruden, you know, year four, year three was blown out, COVID and injuries, and he had the team six and three and in a playoff hunt. If there wasn't any COVID to this team and he didn't have these injuries, I think they're easily a playoff team. Now we come into this year, and I think they gotten better. I like the roster. I know the offensive line and the changes that were made, but the defense was significantly upgraded with Gus Bradley and the new staff, which is a compliment to what they did, and I think the team's better. But you start chipping off players due to injury, and, and you can't get Nicholas Morrow back, and you don't know when Nick Witkowski is ever going to be healthy, and they're trying to break in Divine Diablo, and none of us together have seen Tana Muse play in the NFL. Now we're reaching. Now we're reaching. We're wondering and we're hoping. I'm not into hope and prayers. Hope and faith. I'm not into that when it comes to football. I am with that with my life. I don't want to hope that Javin White and Nicholas Morrow come back. I'd like to see a linebacker brought in here who can play. Remember, I was the guy, and I'm a, I, how could you not like Alex Leatherwood, right? Alex Leatherwood, fantastic camp. But, you know, for two weeks leading up to the draft, which I hosted on the radio, all I was saying is get Micah Parsons, get Micah Parsons, trade up trade up and get the linebacker out of Penn State, Micah Parsons. You know, I, I think the big need with the Raiders in the offseason was linebacker. What's the big need for the Raiders right now? Linebacker. Whose fault is it? No one. It's just injuries. 
Injuries happen. Hopefully these guys can come back sooner than later. Bill and Henderson on 9:20 a.m. Hello, Bill. Hey, JT. You're JT. You're right on the pulse with this linebacker thing. I hope they can come up with the money to get right. I, I think it's a money thing. Yeah, it seems like it. Again, Vinny Bonsignor talked about it, and I heard him on with Clay Baker this morning uh, talking about the number and what that number is going to look like when it comes to two million left in cap space. But I've always said this, and I don't know if you agree with it, Bill. They always figure out the money. They're always able to massage the cap, restructure something, and get a player in. But K.J. Wright could be looking for a lot more money. And I think the Raiders have a bigger need than a lot of other teams out there in the NFL. I mean, the Raiders have multiple linebackers hurt. And I know that K.J. Wright and his agent understand this, so maybe they're holding out for more money. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that was a position I, I just felt that they kind of ignored, the, you know, the whole time. I mean, Parsons was, was the guy. Um, but well, Parsons was taken – the, the Raiders didn't have a top 10 pick. And I yeah. think the Cowboys got him at 10, if I'm right. So yeah. they would have had to trade up to go get him. And you know, the Raiders don't like trading up. They like holding on yeah. to their draft stock. But, look, I mean, I don't think the Raiders didn't concentrate on linebacker. They drafted Divine Diablo yeah. – they knew Tanner Muse was coming back from an injury. They liked mm-hmm. the development of Javin White. Uh, they loved the development of Nicholas Morrow. And they're trying to coach up Corey Littleton. And as I mentioned, Kwiatkowski. So everybody that they have on their radar ready to play has a different storyline. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, during that uh, preseason game, they showed a, a highlight of Matt Millen. Um, mm. You know, and I was thinking, man, we haven't had a, a linebacker like him since the old days, you know. Yeah, well, the, the, I agree with you on that. Appreciate it. The Raiders used to – Phil Villapiano is my favorite linebacker, four-time pro bowler. And Foo, Phil Villapiano, what didn't come in. He didn't have the athletic ability of Ray Lewis. He didn't have the edge-rushing linebacker experience of Lawrence Taylor. But the guy found the football. He turned the football over. He made every tackle. He was that type of player, Ten Hedricks, one of the great linebackers slash edge-rushers in NFL history, special teams legend. He could do it all. You know, you want everybody to be able to do it all. That's why I'm looking forward to talking to Nate Hobbs, who's supposed to be joining us coming up if we get him. But John Gruden talked about the opportunities. So Javin White, who a couple of weeks ago, we didn't know if he'd make the team, if he'd be practice squad again. He was just playing better. So we were hoping he'd make the team. Nicholas Morrow is the big loss because we know he's a starter. And now other guys are going to have to step up. Here's what Gruden said. Well, that's, that's, that's an understatement. Hopefully they, they rise to the occasion. People have done it before in this league, and Raiders have done that before, so we'll see what happens. Hey, we're brought to you by Meetup Vegas. I told you I wanted to get you the hookup that I have. I love these restaurants. I know some of the chefs in town. I've been in here a long time, and I'm done going to the grocery store to buy meat. They deliver it right to my home or right to our studio. Meetup Vegas Wholesale Restaurant Meats. Only five delivery days left before your Labor Day barbecue. Or go to meetupvegas.com and check out their ultimate variety of premium meats for the barbecue of the year. The ultimate monthly variety pack you can get for $275. You could stuff your freezer and thank me for it. And the barbecue options are endless for everyone in the family. Steaks, burgers, chicken, kebabs, and more. Meetupvegas.com, code word JTBRICK meetupvegas.com code word JT Brick no more send in your significant other or yourself to the grocery store or the butcher they'll deliver it 
It'll be ready to go in. You can put it right on the barbecue or store it in your freezer. That's the way I buy meat now. We're waiting on Nate Hobbs, and I know Eddie Pascal is going to be coming in, too. We'll talk about the events of today. Uh, Big shows the rest of the week. Heading into Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses on Friday. Hey, sixth caller that calls in now, 702-365-9200. We're going to give you tickets for the upcoming college football game, which is going to be a pretty good one. So call in now, 702-365-9200. Bobby will take the sixth caller, and we have a four-pack of tickets for the kickoff classic September 4th. BYU in Arizona, you'll be sitting in comp seats because of your friendship with us on Raider Nation Radio. Nate Hobbs and Eddie Pascal here as we're inside the Raider facility on Raider Nation, 920 a.m. and on the Raiders mobile app, at JT the Brick on Twitter. And on Facebook, and we'll keep the show rocking on a busy day today. From Raider practice to the Gruden press conference, Derek Carr just spoke. Hopefully we can turn around some of that sound for you. And keep the show rocking, heading into Guns N' Roses. Hope that uh, Nick Kwiatkowski's uh, ready to go next week, um, and we'll continue. We'll continue to look at the position in, in its entirety. John Gruden after his press conference today. Welcome back, JT, with you inside the Raider facility as we continue on, and we're brought to you by Modelo. Uh, Modelo is a big part of what we're doing this year. Obviously, I always drink a bucket of Modelo on Friday, heading into Guns N' Roses, the official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders up and down the strip from Summerlin to Green Valley out here in Henderson. Modelo is king, proud partner of our show. So there's a lot of Raider fans that need to react to Gruden and what he said about the thinning linebacker core. Anybody can say K.J. Wright, K.J. Wright, and I think that would be fair to say. You want to get the best linebacker available on the street, but then it comes down to what can the Raiders do to get the rest of the linebackers up to speed. So when I showed up today and I was looking at this, they gave us the new updated roster at linebacker. And the ones that jump out are Littleton, Kwiatkowski, Diablo, Morrow, White. Morrow and White are hurt. Max Richardson, Tanner Muse, um, Kone, Tavon Coney. I mean, there's guys that are just guys. I don't see pro bowlers. Littleton is the only guy I see with pro bowl ability. And I was shockingly surprised that Morrow played at the level he played at last year. I was. I was surprised that he was that good. And I, I knew that because I knew that because I work with Eric Allen and Eric Allen was able to watch the game. And during the game, Eric would look at me and say, Man, look at what Morrow's doing. Look what Morrow did on that play. And then by the end of the year I had a lot of respect. I always respected Nicholas Morrow. I just didn't think he I thought he was another guy. And it was good to see a guy in Paul Gunther's defense before he got released, and now they brought in Gus Bradley, it was good to see a guy get better. That's really all we want. All we want to do is see guys get better because we're watching players get drafted high who I think still have tremendous upside, but they have to get better quickly. And is that fair to say? Is that fair for me to say that these guys got to get better quickly? 
And there's no more time to watch Damon Arnett develop. He's in year two. He's got to go now. And Gruden, every press conference he has, he says, I'm waiting on Damon Arnett. I'm waiting on Damon Arnett. Well, okay, I can't sit here and get him healthy. I can't dunk him in a training pool, and then he comes out, and the next thing you know, he's, he's great. We don't know what's going to happen here. Divine Diablo they drafted to be a special teams guy who could be a linebacker that you could shove in when there was limited depth, right? Guys get hurt. Boom, here comes Divine Diablo, rookie. But I don't have confidence with a rookie linebacker who's never played an NFL game to stay on the field in every scheme. So what Gus is going to do is Gus was going to have a base of linebackers, Littleton, Kwiatkowski, Morrow, maybe Javin White, Tanner Muse could start. And then you look at the depth of that position and then look on some type of pass rushing package, you can bring in uh, someone who could step up really big like Devon Diablo on a third down the way Nate Hobbs has been stepping up on third down, and get it going. So we're going to have Nate Hobbs here in five minutes. We're going to have Eddie Pascal coming up too, and we're going to jump on in and uh, get everybody going, and we'll, uh, we'll roll on this. I'm, up, I'm not upset, but to be in the building today to see Gruden and to look around at the injuries here, I just think that it's a time. there's a time now where someone – has to become the leader on this defense. And I think there's a few. Yannick Ngakwe is great. Max Crosby is great. Jonathan Abram has leadership capability. So does Trayvon Merrick. Casey Hayward was brought in to start and to do some special things. But overall, we're trying to find a player that's going to develop quicker than we expected. I'd like your opinion on that now the rest of the show if I can get you up. 702-365-9200. Now that you heard Gruden talk about Morrow being out longer than Javin White, that to me is a big topic. And we'll get into that coming up here. And who do you think could step up and do this? I mean, I think we'd be crazy to say Divine Diablo is going to start for 17 games. That's not going to happen. I think it's more realistic to get K.J. Wright in here and have him play at a very, very, very high level. And I think if he can do that to the level that he'll come in at a fair price and now gou- not gouge the team, then we'll be in a good position. So we're going to come back here because we have two guests coming up back-to-back, and that'll take us to the end of the show. We're going to talk to Nate Hobbs. He's going to join us here in a few minutes. They just confirmed it here. Eddie Pascal will jump in studio with me. We'll talk to him. And then we'll wrap up the show at the top of the hour. If you want to get in the rotation, 702-365. He is ready. Good. So we can stay right here. Nate Hobbs, kind enough to join us. Nate, I'm in the building. JT, thanks for doing this. And how much fun are you having? How excited are you to be a Raider? I'm definitely having a whole lot of fun out there. Like More fun than I think I expected. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm blessed to be a Raider. I feel like I'm blessed by Coach Gruden and, and Coach Gus and uh, all those guys who, you know, want to take a chance on me. Nate, before we talk about the roster and your situation, tell me how you went from Louisville to Illinois and then got to the Raiders. What were the big chapters in your youth as a high school player developing in college that helped you become a pro football player? Um, So, I, uh, Illinois was actually my only Power 5, Division One Power 5 offer. I was uh, originally committed to WKU, 
um, they they was a good team though in, the, in their conference. But um, I made the switch to go to Illinois. Coach Smith, he you know, he came to my house, took me in like I was one of his own. So I I just felt like you know at home. So then um, I feel like having Coach Smith as a an NFL head coach, it prepared me a lot for the NFL. Yeah, it's nice that John Gruden has that connection with Lovey yeah. Smith, and he's been quoted a few times saying that because uh, that's why you were drafted. They did their due diligence with Lovey and the rest of the staff and what how you popped on film. So then you get to the Raiders and you find out you're going to be playing for Gus Bradley. What's clicked with Gus in this system that makes you feel comfortable? Um, I feel like Gus, um, them, them put me at that nickel, uh, nickel position, I feel like, they just, you know, put the wings on me and uh, showed I can play more than one position in the, uh, the in the as a defensive back. Um, and also, they let me play corner too. So I just feel like uh, the the defense is fitting for me, and it, it shows what I can do. They they let me blitz. They let me play man. I play zone. I do a lot. So I'm just thankful that um, they were they were able to give me these those opportunities. Nate Hobbs is our guest. You know, Nate, it's interesting to me because it seems like you're a player that wants to play free. You want to have the ability to be a ball hawk and intercept a pass like you did deep over the middle of the field, but also quickly read a quarterback's eye and a defense from breaking down film and then explode and make a play behind the line of scrimmage. What do you like more, to make a tackle for a loss or a big play downfield? I just like to make plays. It don't really matter to me as long as it. I can I got the opportunity to make a play, then I'm gonna make the play. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting now because your play blew up that you made in LA and a lot of Raider fans are excited about this. And I wanna get into also what Gus and Coach Gruden are telling you this far out before the start of the season. Coach Gruden just had a press conference. We found out about the more details about Nicholas Morrow being out a while and no doubt we're gonna see the injury, you know your teammate Javin White and what's happened to him. Do you feel like there's more responsibility for you now to be called on before you even played a real NFL game, a regular season game, to be prepared to play more than you were expected to play when you were drafted? Um, I, I don't really like coming in. My my mindset was to try to help the team any way I can and try to uh, earn a spot. So I, was, I, I put that pressure on myself anyway. To you know, no matter what, no matter what happened, because I felt like I was gonna uh, eventually have to, if not start season, um, you know, players go down and 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 players do this and that, and I, I felt like I was gonna have to play anyway. So I already put that pressure on myself. So I don't, I don't feel any extra pressure. Nate Hobbs joins us, Raiders corner. Uh, one of the questions from our audience just when Wendy says for Nate, who did you study to learn your position? Current or past NFL player, any Raiders? We're very happy that you're a Raider, Nate. So who'd you come in looking up to and maybe an NFL player you studied before you came here? Um, I like Jaylen, the way Jalen Ramsey plays his game. I feel like he's he, he got a good mix of technique and athleticism that he uses, and he's very disciplined. Another guy I like uh, was, was Tyran Matthews. Mm-hmm. I like the way he plays, and he plays just with a lot of energy and and no fear. Like he just he's not the biggest guy, he's not the fastest. Um, but he, he uses his he uses his brain a lot and he just goes to make dog plays. He doesn't really care who he's playing. I, and I feel like um I resemble that uh kind of 
because I don't really care who's the opponent is. I'm just trying to you know, do what I got to do. And then I like Jair Alexander. Mm-hmm. I like his game. Nate Hobbs joins us. Coach Gruden just said, I mean, 20 minutes ago, he goes, he sees the orange Porsche before he gets in. When he leaves, he says, who has an orange Porsche? What's the backstory there on your ride? <laughs> I don't got an orange Porsche. Oh, really? Okay. Who was Porsche they talking about? I don't know. They were, they were, he was mentioning something about a Porsche. I'll leave it at that. Uh, nope, uh, when you, I ain't got a... Okay. When you come into a team like this, you could have got drafted anywhere. Cincinnati, Buffalo, the Packers. You come to the Raiders. What is it like for you to study the history of this team? Tom Flores and Charles Woodson just went into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You see all these trophies and all these legends when you go into mm-hmm. the stadium and all those names. How much are you enjoying the history of the Silver and Black? Um, I think they like the Raiders have a very rich history, and I I knew I knew about it prior to being on the team, but now that I'm on the team, I'm just seeing um, all the history and culture that that the black that that it the black and silver has, and mm-hmm. I, I just so grateful to be a part of it. And I actually um, I started looking at Charles Wilson and the way he played because you know he's one of our own. He was one of the greatest DBs, and I feel like um, he he played corner safety, nickel. I feel like I I can um, have the ability to, you know, if they want me to go play safety, I'll go play safety. If they want me to play corner, I'll play corner. If they want me to play nickel, I'll play nickel. So just, you know, trying to pick up on those things and just, you know, being a part of this, this team is just a blessing. Hey, Nate, as we wrap it up, uh, interesting times here, COVID protocols. You're in Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. But it just seems like you get it. You see once a Raider, always a Raider. This is really a blessing for you, isn't it, to come to an organization like that that thinks so highly of you. And what about the fans? I got Raider Nation here. They're all going crazy for you. And the regular season does, hasn't even started yet. How does it feel interacting with these fans? No, it's definitely it's, it's definitely a blessing. Uh, I'm I'm so thankful to to the Raiders fan base that you know they they're taking me in as their own, and I just want to continue to uh, do whatever I can for the team and for the fans for this city to um, go as far as as far as possible this year. If I don't talk to you before the home opener on Monday Night Football, what's it going to be like for you when you're lined up at the nickel, whatever you're doing in that game? And you're looking into the eyes of Lamar Jackson, and you know if that guy takes off, you better get to him and help your teammates and get him on the ground. How excited are you for that opportunity? Uh, it's competition. I love competition, and he wanted the best. And I get to play against one of the best. And I just feel blessed with you know this opportunity to go out and, and showcase my skills and, and compete with the best. So I'm, I'm just excited. Thanks, Nate. Really appreciate you doing this. All the best. Stay healthy. Look forward to talking to you a bunch. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. You got it, Nate Hobbs. Good to talk to him. What a solid young man. Coming in from the University of Illinois, the Lovey Smith NFL quality coaching he got to Gus Bradley and John Gruden, and they're counting on him. They're counting on him to be legit. And there he is, Raider Nation, Nate Hobbs. Your reaction to that interview? 702-365-9200. Eddie Pascal comes into the lab right now. We'll talk to him on the other side. Get his opinion on what happened today so far in the building. And get you ready for the 49ers coming up. Uh, Sam and Ash will join us on Friday. Our personal injury attorneys here. SamandAshLaw.com. If you get into an accident, if you need help, 
If you need individuals who are going to fight for you, SalmonAshLaw.com. Well, you know, Cliff was, uh, I'm glad you bring his name up. We sure miss him. God bless his family. He was one of the the brightest Raiders, brightest personalities I've ever met. But um, he was a threat. You know, I don't think Al Davis, I can't speak for John Madden or Flores or any of the guys that coached him, but um, I don't think you can measure his impact in catches and pro football-focused statistics. He was a threat to go all the way all the time. And if you didn't account for him, they were going to put a bomb on his, uh, on you. They were going to throw it. And if you did account for him, it was better for Casper. It was better for Mervin. It was better for everybody else. Fred will tell you that. So um, I think, you know, the fact that he was a great guy, a world champion, and a difference maker as a down-the-field receiver, it would be great to see him get in the Hall of Fame. Branch, JT, back with you. I spoke to the owner, Mark Davis, last night, who was very optimistic That's the word going forward on that, and we're really happy for Cliff. Eddie Pascal joins us from the digital department. You hear him him here all the time on Raider Nation Radio, the podcast. Eddie, uh, interesting day today. Good to see you. I think everybody who was here today in the media were waiting for some clarity on Morrow, and Coach Gruden said he would be out more than Javen White, and that kind of shocked a lot of fans. Yeah, I think that's kind of the natural reaction. All the way, shout out to Bobby, by the way, for cutting that Gruden sound, man. That was like, what, 25 minutes ago, and he's turning it it around? What a machine. The flagship. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, I I think you look at this linebacking court now, JT, and we were talking about it a second ago, where let's fast, or I guess rewind, 10 days. And you're sitting here like, look, we have a revamped defense. We feel pretty good across the board. But at linebacker in particular, Javen White has had an incredible start to the training camp in the preseason at this time. Nick Morrow has been essentially the stud of that defense. Corey Littleton's coming back motivated. Nick Wachowski is a fantastic depth piece. Now all of a sudden you fast forward to today. Morrow's down. Kwiatkowski's down. We're waiting for him to come back. Javen White's down. And you're looking around like, boy, boy did the, the tone and tenor of that group in particular, in particular change a lot. Yeah, I like Tanner Muse. Yeah, and we didn't even mention Muse, yeah. I like him and his opportunity to play a lot of downs, and I like Divine Diablo, but I'm sure not going to count on them to come in as guys who have never played NFL games and to just pop and be great. I think this goes back to Littleton. Now it's his moment. I mean, Littleton can't be the guy that, hey, you're just going to fit into a system and you're going to do this. Now, as the linebacker core is down, he's got to play well. I haven't heard much about him. You've been around practice more than me. Is he growing in this Bradley system? Do you think the system allows him to play freer? Well, I mean, I think you bring up a great point where Corey Littleton was brought here to not be just a piece. He was brought here to be the guy in that linebacking core, and he's been incredibly open and honest and transparent about what happened a year ago. And look, we don't need to dive back into 2020 and and recount all that. But fast-forwarding to 2021, you're right. He has been very under the radar. He's a guy that's just gone about his business. And I think that this is his moment right now where you look around, if you're Corey Littleton, and as you said, the two Knicks are down, Javen White is down, you need to be the person that you were when you were with the Rams. You need to be the person that we expected you to be a year ago. And from everything that we've heard from him, even going back to the end of last season, and you and I have had this conversation before where I don't remember if I've ever heard a player be as self-critical as he was at the end of 2020, where he said straight up, I'm disappointed. That's not me. 
So he comes in now year two as a Raider, year one in, with Gus Bradley, obviously, but year two as a Raider. And I think this is his moment to be like, hey, I'm Corey Littleton. I can do what I can do almost better than anyone else in the league when I'm right. Now it's, it's time for me to go out there and show it for 17 weeks. Eddie Pascal in studio. So I'm sensing, knowing coach this many years, the level of frustration because I don't think, and he gets paid a lot of money and he can react to all this. He can handle it all. We've said that about Coach Gruden. Whatever you throw at him, he can handle, along with his elite staff. But it's sensing like it's another wrapping up the preseason where he's got guys who aren't available. He's not calling out Damon Arnett, but he's saying, I'm waiting for Arnett to come back. You can tell that there are guys that have got to get healthy. And I talked to you off the air about this. The calendar benefits them. We're not even at Labor Day. They got two and a half weeks, Eddie, to get healthy and get these guys right. Yeah, and I think that's the big number, right, where we look at September 13th, and we haven't even turned the calendar to September yet, right? So there is time. And obviously, look, injuries are a part of this game. It's the unfortunate reality of if you're the Raiders, the Niners, the Seahawks, or whoever you are, that is the reality of the NFL. But it does feel like the past few years, the past – few off-seasons also, really training camps for this team, they've just been bitten by the injury bug in such a big way. And so I think now we do have the benefit of time. We don't have a month, but you have a few weeks to get these guys ready to go. So it will be very interesting to me to see who ends up suiting up this Sunday and then how Coach Gruden and his staff really kind of massage that 10-day schedule, that 10-day in between the end of the preseason game and when you really start ramping things up for the Ravens. You know, wrap it up the preseason game against the 49ers. We've been to that. We know the history, Niners, and you can tell there's some bad blood, the Battle of the Bay, but, you know, I think the Raiders got to be bubble wrapped for this game. I'm I not agree. a believer of that. You asked me two weeks ago, no way, Eddie. I'm sitting here telling you today, two weeks ago, if we were here saying, no, I got to see these guys play. They haven't played. They didn't make the playoffs last year because of the injuries to the linebackers. I'm into a full shutdown other than the guys who are just trying to make this roster who are on the bubble. I agree with you 100%. And even going back a little bit further, where going into this preseason in general, obviously we don't have the preseason last year, but you look at what this offense did. You look at what Derek Carr did, essentially rolling out of bed for that week one game, and he put together a top 10 offense last year. So you see you have the evidence that says, look, I'm sure there is some value in the preseason. I completely understand that. But at this point, and as you said, with everything that has happened the past four or five days for this team on the injury front, Shut it down. Yes, you need to figure out who guy number 50 and 51 and 52 on the, 53 on the roster are. But besides that, I don't want to see anyone. I do not need to see that. And, and let me ask you this. At this point, what is the benefit of any of these guys playing? Well, the only benefit I would say would be the defense understanding where to line up with Gus in a real game time sure. situation against Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. So yeah, I buy they, that. Yeah. When they change the call at the line of scrimmage, I want to see what Tanner Muse does. I want to see what Divine Diablo does. I want to see if Jonathan Abram creeps into the box and Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance sees it and tries to work play action and beat him. But like you said, shut it down because the whole league is shutting it down. What is the benefit for another guy getting nicked up? And, and Derek said in his press conference today where he goes, look, you know, it gets easy. You know, he said essentially, I understand the rationale behind not playing. He goes, yeah, it's, it's tough when you're a young guy and you want to get out there and you want to play and you want to fly around and hit somebody. He goes, but I understand. And as you age, you kind of grow into that understanding a little bit more. So I think if, if you're Coach Gruden, if you're Coach Bradley, if you're Ole, you got to say, guys, listen, we have much bigger fish to fry than Sunday afternoon at Levi Stadium. we got a whole 17 games to go. Eddie Pascal's our guest, Raiders Digital Podcast, everything in the building. So the Ravens quickly, they're banged up too. That offense hasn't practiced much. They win every preseason game. They've won 19 in a row. 
But they have challenges coming in. And I think we'll talk about this when I have you on next week or the week leading up to the game. This has got to be a scheme now to control Lamar Jackson. I don't think, and I could be wrong, Lamar Jackson could have a field day and throw for 300 yards. New defensive line, Yanni Kengakwe, Max. I think he's going to have a tough day. But if he takes off and guns it up the middle, guys like Nate Hobbs we just interviewed, Trayvon Merrig, Abram, got to get to him quickly and get him down. Because if he just makes one guy miss, it could be 60, 50 yards. And that's what scares me the most about Lamar is I think he's improved dramatically as a passer from when he first entered this league. I think the Lamar we see now is night and day compared to the Lamar that we saw in Baltimore, what was it, two, three years ago. But he is so electric and so dynamic with the ball in his hands on the ground. And as you said, one miss and you're looking looking up 40, 50 yards and there he goes. So I really think that I think the benefit – I think the schedule works out for the Raiders in this sense where it is the week one game. So Gus Bradley and his team and his unit have had all the time in the world. They've had all offseason. They've known since April, this is how the season is starting. This is what we need to scheme for. This is the guy that we need to stop. And and as I said, look, it's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be fantastic to watch. But if you want to shut that team down or try your best to shut it down, it has got to begin with shutting down Lamar Jackson. Has to. I think you got to, the term is spy. You have to have Mm -hmm. a spy on him. Well, that's what's so unique about this linebacker core being depleted because you got to have a linebacker on him staying at home or someone who you can trust in the box. We'll see what happens. I'm proud to be a part of this new podcast. Yes. And you are a part of the process building it. And we put some time in this summer about it, and it drops Friday. Uh, right? It drops Friday, Friday, September 10th. Friday, so, September right, so the 10th. Friday before week one. Excellent. So. I'm happy because we talked about shelf life for podcasts, and I get it now that, you know, a podcast, if you do interviews or whatever it is, we put Nate Hobbs on a podcast, you know, it goes away in two or three days. The process behind what we're doing with Tom Flores and Charles Woodson, what do you like about it? What I like is when we sat down at the end of the season, JT, and we talked about what we enjoyed about kind of our audio library. We do a lot of things well. I would put our our audio properties against really anyone in the NFL. But I think the one area that we saw that, hey, we can be a lot better is kind of having, like you said, those stories that hold up. And when you talk about kind of the stories that are going to, you know, stand the test of time, you tell the story of Tom, excuse me, Tom Flores and Charles Woodson, right? So you've done these incredible interviews. And I've, I had a sneak peek, just a sneak peek of the first one the other day. And it sounds great. And I think the fans are really going to enjoy it. But the beauty of this is that you can listen to it when it drops on September 10th, or you can listen to it next July or two Julys from now. And it is going to hold up. The story of Tom, of Tom Flores and Charles Woodson, that story isn't going to change. That is a story that will stand the test of time. That is an important story for this organization. And the fact, the way that we've built it out and the interviews that you've done, and we still have a few more left to do over the next couple of weeks. But the way that we've positioned it is that you will be able to listen to this with your kids one day, your grandkids one day, right. and it will stand up. And hopefully the, the audio is a lot better 50 years from now, but the story itself is going to be, like I said, kind of stands the test of time. Yeah, I pinched my because we've been doing this for a couple of weeks or a month and then to be in Canton with both of them and then to make the contact with them at both their parties so when I'm interviewing them both I can kind of sense I know Charles and Coach Flores really well but I think I know them differently now after they put on those gold jackets it really is the nice piece at the end of all four of these podcasts for each individual yeah and so each as you said each guy is going to get four and we're going to kind of culminate the end of each section with your interview with tom and charles Uh, an in-depth sit down not not something that you can fit into a 10-minute radio segment right an in-depth let's really learn about you let's talk about this journey because to credit both of these gentlemen this is not a story you can tell in 15 minutes 
and we're going to do our best to tell it in four parts. And when we're done, there's going to be stuff that you and I be like, gosh, I wish we could have snuck that in, or I wish we could have included this story somewhere. And there is so much to do, and we're going to give it the old college try. We're going to do our best to make sure we get everything in there. But there is so much to do, and I'm really excited for it to drop on the 10th. Thanks for coming in. Busy day. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to come in, though. Uh, A lot of the social media coming off Cliff Branch looks good. Yes. Yeah, very excited. Obviously, very excited for Cliff. Uh, A long time coming. Something should have happened a long time ago. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate Eddie coming in. Eddie Pascal does a great job with the whole digital team. You'll hear him on my show every two weeks, along with the best insiders in the Raider Nation. Thanks to Bobby DeMond for turning around Derek Carr and the interviews today. We really appreciate that. And everybody here at the Raider facility, Alexandra, and everybody who gives me this great opportunity to be in this building. Guns and Roses Friday, big show tomorrow with some other guests we're working on. Have a great day, everybody, and keep it here to Raider Nation Radio. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.